Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Corner to Corner Wrestling Radio. We're actually live right now through Podbean. Wonderful folks over at Podbean.com. Uh, the website is down currently for maintenance. It will be back up later this week. However, we are still broadcasting, like I said, still live. My name is Stan Grubb. My co-host, Brian Taylor, will be here shortly. Uh, catch up with us all over the internet. Call it, catch up with us on YouTube. You can listen to us over here hit on Podbean when we're live. You can listen to us through Acast. Um, and a uh, bit. You know, pretty much everywhere you like to listen to your wrestling podcasts. Everything from Apple to Google Play to Amazon to Spotify. You name it, we're there. We're going to be running down quite a bit this evening. Um, it's been a little bit since we were on live. And uh, a lot of that has to do with just, uh, honestly, just recovering from COVID. Uh, which was literally the worst illness I've ever had. Um, I don't wish that on anybody. I can tell you that it is, it was horrible. Um, but we got a lot to cover this week. We've got Grand Slam two coming up Wednesday. We got Mox and Brian Danielson for the AEW title. Oh, by the way, MJF is back. Um, so we've got a lot to talk about there. AEW's ratings continue to stay at the million viewership mark and moving a moving slightly higher. WWE's ratings have seen an increase. We'll talk about that. Uh, WWE is bringing war games to the Survivor Series for the PLE, Premium Live Event, or Pay-Per-View. Got a lot to talk about there. Um, right now on Monday Night Raw, as it happens, we've got Bobby Lashley defending the United States Championship against Seth Rollins. Um, there's there's a lot going on in the world of professional wrestling, but there's a lot to talk about in in just kind of the backstage scenes that's been happening with more on the CM Punk in the elite situation. Uh, we've also got a little bit of news about Malachi Black, whose release was granted to him from AEW. We'll talk about the statement he released. If you want to catch up with us and interact with us, head over 
to podbean.com and or pick up the Podbean app from your smartphone and feel free to join the show. You're always welcome to join the chat. Tell us your thoughts and opinions. Tell us what you think is going to happen uh, on Grand Slam or hey, tell us what you think is going to happen in Survivor Series. What do you think about Bailey and Damage Control coming back? All of these things and more you can talk to us about right through Podbean's live application, right through Google Play or through the Apple uh, App Store. Like I said, Brian will be joining us shortly. You can also, by the way, catch up with us on YouTube, excuse me, not YouTube, but on Facebook and Twitter, uh, Corner to Corner Wrestling on Facebook and C2, at C2C Radio Show on Twitter. So, first things first, why don't we just go ahead and start talking about some of the, just the smaller news bites that have been happening uh, while Brian is on his way. We'll just run through some of the basics here. Um, as it stands right now, coming up this week at Grand Slam and Grand Slam Rampage Edition, uh, Action Bronson and Hook will be in a tag team match against 2.0. We've got uh, some Impact Wrestling contracts that are expiring soon. One of these is actually a bit of a surprise, that being the uh, contract of the Motor City Machine Guns. Apparently... Uh, the Motor City Machine Guns contract is up here soon. So is Maria Canellis. Her contract is going to be expiring soon. Uh, and she didn't specify a date, but uh, she's a, a key part of the Honor No More group. Um, it's been like their mouthpiece, so to speak. The Ring of Honor group that is in Impact Wrestling. Gonna adjust the old headset here. Velveteen Dream is in the news this week, uh, actually past couple of weeks, as he's been going back and forth with fans in regards to Ethan Carter, EC3, um, and apparently it just keeps going on for him. that He's had an arrest recently for uh, trespassing, but also for assault. Uh, he apparently spat in the face of a worker at a, at a local gym in the uh, Florida area that he lives in. Um, there has now been... Uh, allegations coming from ec3 about him recording <clears throat> recording other other members of the locker room attempting to uh, get this is just weird to say but getting a, a close look at their genitalia it's I, I still can't believe that that's something that somebody would do you know recording them it's just uh it's awful actually it's really really bad <laughs> somebody doing that just that doesn't make any sense to me i'll never understand it and like it wasn't as if you know velveteen dream was a normal character but yeesh. apparently uh he took that by the way and he said well okay since you're gonna put my business out there in the street let's just go ahead and return fire and that's exactly what he decides to do he goes live on instagram uh last week and basically tells the world <clears throat> that EC3 was snorting cocaine, and uh, he supplied it. Doesn't necessarily deny any of the allegations, by the way. Doesn't bring them up, but denies it. No, not sorry, not denies it, but <laughs> accuses EC3 of uh, drug abuse. Those are serious allegations. I mean, you're... You, 
you're a guy that apparently wants to get rehired into the quote unquote big time. You had this opportunity in NXT and you were actually probably very close to breaking through into the main, the main roster. Um, but couldn't keep it together. There were rumors and uh, innuendo coming from Fightful Select and other news media outlets that had been reporting that Patrick Clark, better known as the Velveteen Dream, had some issues as far as substance abuse. It was never any specifics released, and now we know why, because as it turns out, he was doing cocaine with EC3 and other members of the roster. So some crazy stuff happening out there. Right now, Monday Night Raw on right now as Bobby Lashley defending the U.S. title against Seth Rollins. Um, interesting to start the night off with that because as they continue to build towards extreme rules, you would think that they would uh, have a different plan in mind. But perhaps this is uh, where we get another another opportunity to see Rollins versus Matt Riddle. At least the build for it. MJF did a uh, interview this week with Ariel Hawani. Hopefully, I didn't mispronounce that. I apologize if I did. Um, but anyhow, did an interview with him about an hour long, talking about all kinds of things with uh, Chris Jericho, his contract status, um, and even talking a little bit about Cody Rhodes and what some of the fans uh, thought about his what where he was going at Double or Nothing and what what happened with that is the story that was reported through Fightful Select about a plane ticket. Where is he going to be there? Was he not? Um, he gave some, some good details on that. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in depth here in a few moments when Brian joins us. We're going to take a quick pause for the cause here just to uh, recalibrate a headset. I will be right back and we'll put a little bit of audio in here and uh, stick with us.
Thanks for your patience there while we uh, just reset the headset. Just took a moment or two to get everything up and moving. Um, again, we're live on podbean.com. We're our live uh, broadcast of Corner to Corner Wrestling Radio. We got Seth Rollins and Bobby Lashley going on right now. Uh, with Lashley, he's got uh, Rollins locked in the Hurt Lock and uh, could be on his way to defending the U.S. title successfully here tonight. Rollins with the counter gets a two. Oh, wow. Almost three count there. So if you're curious as to um, how to interact with us here on the show, of course, you can always head to podbean.com or the app on your smartphone. Uh, pull it up and join the show. Be able to uh, join the conversation. And hey, there he is. I hear him right now. We are live with it's Brian Taylor. What's up, Brian? What's up? You don't hear me, and you can't see me. Wait, you're John Cena? I thought you were Brian Taylor. God damn it. Have you ever seen us in the same place at the same time? Ooh, that is a valuable point. That's a good point. That That's a very good point. So you got to tell me then, how did you learn how to do that dance for the uh, intro to Peacemaker? Well, so hard work and practice. Yeah. But thanks to the... Uh, Mr. Gunn, a great director, uh, <laughs> managed to pull it off. Hard work and effort, effort enjoyed by all. That's right. And uh, also you should know that you have never seen me and Batman in the same place. So it's highly possible. Um, I could be the Cape Crusader also. Damn. So you're independently wealthy though. Now I know who to hit up for money. Very good. Well, you don't have to earn it. I don't just I don't just do handouts, you know what I'm saying? What are you talking about? Batman does handouts all the time. He also gets children killed, but that's not the point. I don't know if he got the guy killed. Well, I mean, he did introduce him to uh, crime fighting and uh, getting getting his head kicked in by the Joker. But hey, what do I know? Well, yeah, I mean, he could be a contributing factor, but all it's a pretty major I'm factor. <laughs> not the guy. Just beat with a crowbar, blown up. I mean, it's, it's not a normal life for a teenage kid. Yeah, this is not the billionaire you're looking for. <laughs> These are not the droids you were looking for. So, how is it? How's it going for a Monday? Oh, man. Uh, it is nice to finally be back to normal. To have some semblance of this is what <laughs> we normally do. And to be able to... Enjoy a Monday. Uh, I don't know about enjoying Raw. Um, I have mixed mixed emotions about what WWE is doing right now. Some of it's good. Some of it's really just weird. Um, and uh, hey, if in case you're not sure, they're playing the uh, White Rabbit song at different events to tease something. We don't really know exactly what. We have ideas, but they're teasing something. Oh, and Braun Strowman's back, too. So he's controlling his narrative over on WWE. Right, right. So the White Rabbit song, I thought Cross come out and said that, like, it may not be what everybody thinks. So he was on Twitter, and people were alluding to it. Well, a lot of people think it's Bray Wyatt because of the way they, um, towards the end of the song, it goes to a red red uh, color on the screen and then it's the arena's got the red lighting and everything and that's supposedly it but the other part of that 
is that apparently Killer Cross used that song at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I'm I'm only vaguely familiar with Killer Cross, like Carrying Cross in WWE and NXT. That was really my exposure to him. Like, I don't remember him in Lucha Underground, but I don't remember watching during that later part of their their run. Um, I obviously I know who Scarlett Pedro is, the Smoke Show from Impact, but I don't remember Killer Cross and Impact. Mm-hmm. So like I I feel like I'm I'm at an unfair disadvantage because like I don't know anything about this guy, but apparently he used this song sometime, and now he's saying it's not. I did see the comment that he had on Twitter the other day where he's saying don't don't be surprised if it's not what you think. Like I don't know what the hell to think. <laughs> okay, thanks thanks, Mister Cross. I, I still don't have any earthly idea what it actually could be. Well, that's a good thing though, right? Keep you in suspense. Sure, sure. I mean, the red light doesn't necessarily guarantee the fiends coming back. Like, I didn't instantly jump to that, although it does seem like something Bray Wyatt would do, or that that would be done for. Yeah, you know what I mean. Something that would be done for Bray Wyatt. But um, I mean, it could be anything, right? It could be just them screwing around, messing with fans' heads. Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. So, but as far as like. Bray, though, does that mean that they would be in a faction together? Maybe. You see what I'm saying? So a lot of people actually have asked about that if Bray Wyatt does come back. And, and I think he will. I think Triple H sees the value and the, the ability that Bray Wyatt brings to the table. Um, but I, I think it's interesting because a lot of people have said, which Bray Wyatt comes back? Is it The Fiend? Is it the... Uh, like the Cape Fear Wyatt family, Bray Wyatt. Um, and frankly, I, with a guy like that, as creative as he is, I think it'll be a, a completely different iteration of Bray Wyatt. Maybe a mixture. Maybe the Fiend comes back every now and again, kind of like the Demon does. Mm-hmm. But a majority of the time, it'll be just the the eater of worlds, so to speak. I, I, I don't know, be, because it's... One, he's been gone for so long, it, it kind of... It's hard to... to to predict um wwe has done a good job of being actually kind of unpredictable lately um i don't think anybody expected to see uh dakota kai and eo eo sky now come back the way they did i don't think anybody expected raquel rodriguez and uh, Aaliyah to win the women's tag titles um at least oh, i really? Sure, so no I don't think that was expected. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, I like Raquel a lot. I think she's really great. And I think that she has a huge, huge future. But Aaliyah, on the other hand, is like literally the, and someone's going to take offense, but what the hell? He's literally the, she is literally the Al Snow of the group, just along for the ride kind of thing. Like, not, you could plug anybody into that role. Could have been Dana Brooke. Could have been Reginald. Could have been, you know what I mean? Like it didn't matter who it was. Well, I mean, I I think I, I think it was probably a more so like a pat on the back. Yeah, you know, hey, you've you've stuck by us for so long. You know, hey, here's a little here's a little reward before we just yank it out from under you. Yeah, well, and also I think that. Um... Triple H just sees the logic of, hey, it doesn't matter if the titles move around a lot as long as there's something that gives you a reason to want to see them. So why not put them on a, a surprise team and then 
all right, now we got Bailey's faction. Let's put it on them. You know, I, I don't have a problem with that. I have a problem with the name of their faction. What's the name of it? It's called Damage Control. What are they damage controlling? That's my point. It's right up there with uh, Stoke, with Stokely Hathaway's group, the firm. Yeah, but that makes sense, though. How does right. it make sense? What, are they a bunch of lawyers? No, it's a firm. Like, we're going to do our thing. But then when you pay us money, we'll come do your thing. You see what I'm saying? That's what firms do. Hey, I need you to handle my business account. Oh, okay, cool. It's a firm. Call the firm. You come beat up. I just keep expecting him. I keep expecting him to come out in suits and carrying briefcases. Morrissey, I need you to come beat the piss out of stand for me. But don't give him a hug because Morrissey doesn't like hugs. Yeah, and then he'd be like, okay, how much? I'd be like, uh, a dollar fifty. You'll enjoy it. You know, a dollar fifty. Damn, yeah. he'll love it. Must be the inflation. No, <laughs> tough economy we're in. <laughs> Every dollar counts. Here you go. <laughs> he'll get to smack you around a little bit. <laughs> I don't know if I want that to happen. Like ever, he seems like a very, very uh, brutal kind of person. If he ever wanted to just totally unload. Oh yeah, he got that look. I mean, look at the look he gave. Stokely the other night. It was hilarious. Stoke does the promo, which was really good, actually. And I really like that MJF led into it. Um, MJF is on another level right now. And what he does next, maybe this week, it could be really huge for him. This could be a big, big week to be MJF. Um, but I liked it because like, uh, Stoke does his promo, and then he goes over there to give, to give Morrissey a hug. He's like, I love you, man. And Morrissey just looks extremely uncomfortable. Like, let, get off me. <laughs> Don't touch me. <laughs> and he finally is like, okay, fine. I'll get off. <laughs> it was it was good. I like Stoke. You can't you can't not like Stoke, man. Stoke is cool. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I mean, it's kind of. There's mannerisms. The, you know, like. And he doesn't really hold back. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like he wants to throw the race car, he throws the race car. If he wants to, like, you know, say something stupid, he says something stupid. But in the end, it pretty much all makes sense. Well, he's he's that good on the microphone where he can make it make sense. Yeah. Like he could take he could take some of Vince's stuff and make it make sense. That's how we know that Stokely is good. Huh. Yeah, I mean, I I, I enjoy. I, mean, I think it's cool watching him. I, I would love to see him. You know, get uh, get kind of like a Wardlow. You know, somebody that uh, you don't necessarily want to hear talk, and you'd rather have, you know, Stokely do it. <laughs> yeah, I think that you know, especially with a guy like Morrissey, who I mean, he can talk. He's not exactly the best talker, but I think you have him to serve that role. Um, you know, Ethan Page, I think, is extremely good on the microphone, so you don't really need him for that. Um, I don't know what Lee Moriarty's promos sound like, so I don't know if that's a good thing or not. But I know that it doesn't hurt to have a guy like Stoke at the, you know, at the wheel when it comes to the to a group like that. Um, he made not that not that uh, Diamond Mine wasn't fun to watch on uh, NXT, but he made Diamond Mine interesting, in my opinion, at first. You know, Roddy Strong is good, but he's not a talker. Uh, the Creed brothers, 
definitely aren't talkers. <laughs> I mean, they maybe could have been at some point, but I don't think they'll ever get to that point. Um, but you knew that with Stoke or Malcolm Bibbins that it was going to be entertaining. You knew it was, you had a reason to watch and a reason to at least listen to what mm-hmm. he was saying. Yeah, I mean, he's he's good. He's fun. He's entertaining. Because again, yeah. you just you just really don't know what's coming yeah. out. And you know, I I'm not quite sure if it was smart, in my opinion, to uh, pull him away from Jade so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but if in the end it all works out, makes sense. You know, they're they're the ones making the book and I'm not so yeah I don't know how I mean I I was it did seem like it was one minute we've got him with Jade Cargill and the next we've got Jade's all by herself again like or with the baddies like so that was a little weird um but I would have honestly preferred for him to stay with Jade as well why not have Jade involved with that just you know when they do their backstage promos when they're all together just more more fuel to the fire there. I mean, she's got the baddies, but it's not like the baddies talk for. Her. Well, I, I mean, Kira talks. Um, the other one doesn't really talk, but Kira talks. Hogan. Yeah. So she's fun to listen to. Uh, let's play a game, Brian. Let's play a game right now. It's called "What's the dog chewing on right now." Oh, man, I had a better one. Let's right. play out of the hundreds of wrestling DVDs. Which one do I have in my hand? <laughs> oh, no, shit. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have any idea. What are you chewing on, you little rodent? Hey, so uh, I got an extra VHS. Sure for the taking. An extra what? VHS of... Uh, what was it? Ringmasters and the Great American Bash. Ooh. Actually, I might take you up on that. That's a good one. Yeah. Old a, stuff right there. Tuck away in your collection. Hello, Bella. Are you done eating the plastic fork? Never. <laughs> if we were on camera, I would I would show the world, Bella, but we're not. So, haha, you don't get to see her yet. <laughs> but eventually, eventually... The world famous Grub Beagle will be on TV. The Grub Beagle, huh? That's right. The Regal Beagle. No, wait, that's a different thing. The Regal Beagle. <laughs> She's looking at me like, what the hell are you talking about? What? Go find something to do. Man, I got a uh, problem with uh, a DVD player. Do they, do they still sell them, like at Walmart? I don't know. I'm going to have to buy one. Hmm. And then we're going to have to all get together and watch yep. some of the stuff I got. Somewhere, Kiana's got like one of those portable ones you take in the car, like the, the, the small one that flips up with the screen. So it doesn't much. really do you much good. Well, I'll just use old Xbox or something. Yeah. Hook it up the projector. Get it get it all nice on the, on the big screen. Well, that's what I'm saying. And I could lay down on the floor and look up at the slanted ceiling and be like, oh, just have it. <laughs> Fall asleep during a DVD. <laughs> well, you know, only if it's WWE. You know. Oof. 
But past two years, there's only been like a handful of pay attention moments in WWE. <laughs> so you're honestly telling telling the truth there. That could really that could really give you a lot of good rust. Who needs well, Ambien? Right. I do need to get though to go back and uh, and catch up on my WrestleMania DVDs. So I think I have like the first thirty, maybe. No. Wow. No, maybe twenty-two, twenty-three. So, Brian, how would you uh, how would you rate Triple H's work since he took over? Look, I mean, I told you, I'm not even gonna, I'm not even going to entertain nothing he does for six months. I'm sticking to. The- so you're not even you're not even willing to really take a look there and, and give it a grade so no, far because. Now it's, uh, to me, it's like, it's like a new, let's say you're offensive coordinator for the Panthers, right? And the head coach is gone and you move up to the head coach, right? Well, you still kind of got Ron Rivera's playbook in your head. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Let's give him time. Let's let Vince leave his system. And let's 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 see where it goes. Again, I I'm going to give them about six months, right? So because there, I I do kind of keep track of it a little bit, but there are some things that are discerning, right? So the whole Logan Paul thing. Oh yeah. I think we're about to see David Arquette 2.0. Oh. You know? How do you think that would play out? So, you know, Brian, of course, is talking about Crown Jewel, um, where Roman Reigns is supposedly defending the undisputed universal title against Logan Paul. Um, how do you think that plays out? If if Logan Paul actually wins the title, like that doesn't that doesn't bode well for the new regime, I don't think. Well, it... So I don't know if it bodes well, but I can see the trigger being pulled, right? Mm-hmm. For so many stupid reasons. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Right? One of them is the whole thing about Reigns going part-time and this and that. And you know, you hear you hear it's not gonna be going a full schedule. You know they got you know, they've talked about taking one of the titles away from them. You know, because to me, it's kind of dumb to have two shows, two titles on one guy. Mm-hmm. It kind of really stagnates things, right? Now, you want to, like, um, combine the shows, unify the titles, rock it out. I just, I don't, I think it's foolish to have Roman the way he is. Well, I mean, it's it goes back to the age-old thing that we've talked about since, what, 2016? You've booked yourself into a position now where you don't have any choice of what to do with Roman. You absolutely have to find a way to get one of those major titles off of him, the, the world title or the universal title, but you don't want to have him lose before WrestleMania. 
and now you're going to put him in in a in a situation with Crown Jewel and Logan Paul. So in this situation though, it's just one on one. So I mean, why would you even do that? I mean, Logan Paul is I mean, I guess he's popular and I'm kind of in agreement with Roman. I I I never would have really heard of him if they hadn't put him on wrestling. Like I never watched his uh, YouTube stuff. I knew of Jake Paul, the the boxer, but mm-hmm. I I don't really know enough about him. I know he's got a huge following. That's about the best I could say for it. So is thirty million followers on social media enough to generate interest from a a, a non fan kind of thing? Is that going to draw people to watch? I, I don't think so. Where I can't I see. Old fans going, oh my god, I got to see J- you know Logan Paul and see him get his butt kicked by Roman Reigns. Yeah, but it's not the old fans. He's trying to create new fans. Mm-hmm. Now again, this is the same guy that uh, you know when on his YouTube has done a lot of dumb stuff, a lot of dumb stuff. Yeah. Um, the suicide forest in Japan. You know, going in there and doing shit. I mean, right down a lot, right? But again, this is this is stuff that the WWE is willing to overlook, Mm -hmm. right? Now, I'm not going to say he, the kid, ain't got talent, kid. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say he ain't got a little bit of talent, but he's got just enough Twitter followers or YouTube followers or whatever to probably. Get them to say, hmm, maybe we should do it. And then he can go on his, his, uh, uh, you know, social media. Mm-hmm. And once he says, oh, I'm the WWE champ, you know, maybe it'll, maybe it'll spike our numbers. It just seems like, I don't know, I'm trying to find the right word for this. It, it seems like a Vince move. Yeah. Let's take a guy, a virtual unknown from a wrestling perspective, and let's just make this the most entertaining whatever, and it's going to last, what, eight minutes? I mean, I can't see like that main event going any further. Ooh, I didn't – I don't remember Austin Theory being busted open. That's nasty. Um, but, but getting back to it, I, I just don't see that, that match going very long. So – you're going to have to have a, a real powerful card for it to make any kind of impact. We all know that I'm not a big fan of the, uh, the Saudi events as it is, but I mean, what possible reason would I have to turn on Peacock at one o'clock in the afternoon on a Friday to see like Logan Paul and Roman Reigns? I don't have an interest in that. I don't have a vested interest in that. I can't see a new fan going, Oh wow. It's Logan Paul. Like I've not seen yeah. anything but again, though, you have to remember he's got however many yeah, followers. followers. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. And again, there's probably a large portion of them that have no clue what the WWE is. But when he puts on there that, you know, I'm going for the world title, you know, mm-hmm. because you, you got to, you got to do the whole, you know, uh, thing about it being legit then who knows how many of them tune in 
right? And, and do you think it's coincidence that is that show? No, no. I think it's it's a uh, hey, we can put you in a main event on a show that of our choosing, so to speak. When he negotiated his deal, because I'm sure he felt like he could bring a certain amount of traction with with his his following. And maybe he does. Who knows? Maybe maybe I'm just not seeing the forest for the trees on this situation. But I, I kind of think I'm right. I, I don't think that Logan Paul is is going to make a big difference one way or the other. If his followers do make a difference, then, OK, I'll be the first person to go. Yep. Looks like he uh, he drew the house. <laughs> Thank, thanks for the house, Logan. <laughs> Well, yeah, but, uh, you know, again, it's 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 the mere thought, right, that maybe they can spike this pay-per-view mm-hmm. to 4 million people. You yeah. know, a, a pay-per-view that normally the average WWE fan has issues with. Because mm-hmm. normally there's all types of boobtastic stuff that goes on. From Boo-tastic. I love it. Yeah, Boo-tastic. From, uh, Goldberg and the Undertaker to that classic uh, tag team match. You know, there's, there's. I, I, I dare say that ratings for this particular show are probably a lot lower than the normal one. Yeah. Plus, it's during the day on a what Friday. I mean, you know, you, contractually, you have to do it. You have to do the show. You you took, what they say that deal was, like $500 million for that contract to do the shows overseas. So, you know, you got to do it. You can't just phone it in. Triple H isn't the guy that will just phone it in. Not normally, anyway. Um, so I feel like in this situation, Logan Paul is perhaps a, all right, well, Look, nobody's predicting Logan Paul to win, but maybe he'll at least he'll make it interesting. You know what I mean? He'll make it entertaining or whatever. Because he's beaten everybody else. Because Roman has beaten literally everyone. Yeah. And again, when when's Cody come back? Cody's probably not back until the Rumble. Um, right. Last yeah. I saw, his recovery was going well, but um, that's an eight to nine month injury that he's facing. Um, now, if he he could he could surprise us all and pull kind of a John Cena, and uh, come back months earlier than he's supposed to, but I don't see that happening. Plus, you've got Austin Theory with Money in the Bank that still to me makes no sense of why they. Well, that's a never mind. That's a Vince decision. Vince clearly saw something in him, and you've you've seen it's the tr- the typical Money in the Bank winner is losing all the time. Like every every match he's had, he's he's getting cost the match by somebody else. He tried to cash in on Brock and Roman during SummerSlam, got the snot knocked out of him by Tyson Fury. Um, you know, Clash at the Castle. He uh, no, I'm sorry, it was Clash at the Castle. He got knocked out by Tyson Fury. Getting all my events mixed up. But either way, I mean, it's right now. If Cody comes back, it's such a very murky situation at the main event i'm i'm figuring they want it to be a, a clear road to wrestlemania kind of thing for you know for cody Rhodes versus roman and that's probably night one night two is probably roman versus the rock if if, if what we're hearing is correct well but so here's the here's the issue right so how do you get cody into the spot mm-hmm 
And then how do you get the rock into the spot? Well, I mean, the rock is one of those things where he can just, you know, he could do a guest spot on raw and, or on SmackDown, since that seems to be the the primary place that Roman's storyline unfolds. Um, and, and start to build towards that. Cody's is more clear cut. You just have him win the Rumble. Yeah, but so, I mean, don't you think you should, like, have the rock kind of like, uh, not just have it fall into his lap? Like, if I'm Roman and the rock comes out and challenges me, why, why am I going to accept? I mean, you're not even, you're not on the roster. You're not. You know, oh, 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 we're family. Oh, oh, so you're going to pull the family card and try and convince me to wrestle one of the greatest of all times. No, no, no. You, you know what I'm saying? Well, I suppose like, what could happen is if, let's say, uh, we'll fantasy book this a little bit. Let's say Logan Paul somehow gets the fluke victory over Roman. And maybe on social media, for example, The Rock makes fun of Roman for losing to a relative unknown, makes a joke maybe compliments or congratulates Logan Paul. And then if the rock is filming a movie, which most time, most likely he is have Roman show up on set and they could film a, a, a segment or, or a moment where Roman confronts him, maybe attacks him. Maybe Roman seeks him out. I guess it's possible, but it's just I I I don't. I mean, see, it's weak looking to me, but. Well, I just don't see how or why we would have Roman face two guys, both you know, on night yeah. one and like. Because then, it, 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 you know, you're almost saying he's destined to lose once, so you almost kind of take any shock and surprise, you know, kind of like out of the equation. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that, that, that's true. I mean, if you think about it right now, if Roman was to go against Cody Rhodes, let's say Cody wins the Rumble and let's say it's Roman and Cody, the natural prediction is going to be that Cody beats Roman. Right. And with with the with the right guy making the call, maybe that's what happens. But then if you have him, let's say that plays out, let's say that's night one. Now you know for a fact Roman's not losing night two. They're not going to have Roman lose twice in a row. Right. I don't. I mean, I I get it. Triple H has a good understanding of of what makes the fans, I guess, tick. But I don't think he even he would say, "Yeah, we're going to have you lose two nights in a row." Yeah. And again, then you, I mean, just how long does the Rock stay? You know. Well, that's the other thing, and this is where the the rumor mill kind of drives me nuts because people are still predicting that it's going to be Roman and the Rocket Mania, even though nothing, not one single thing has happened to really and truly build up towards, hey, we're getting ready to see the Rock come back to WWE. Well, and yeah, I, can't, but... I can't see that being built for much more than, than one pay-per-view. Well, I, I mean, maybe we get a, you know, kind of like what happened with Cena, where he comes back and, you know, has a couple months out of it. But, the, yeah. you know, you always have the rumble for The Rock. Mm-hmm. 
you know, uh, I mean, think of how how big that pop's going to be if uh, here comes number 30, who's it going to be? And then, you know, you get the Rock's music. The crowd goes, the crowd would just go ballistic. And poor Cody. And maybe he takes it off. You know, maybe he would be the one to take it off the rock. Mm-hmm. Wow. You, you, Cody, take it off the rock? Yeah. Uh, wow. That way Roman doesn't really lose anything. And, you know, you could always pull shenanigans with Cody and the rock. Well, I have a feeling if, if and when Cody comes back, that road to WrestleMania for him is going to be a, a tumultuous one because he's going to end up facing Seth Rollins. He's going to end up having to, I think he'll be kind of like that guy that has to defend his position to keep the main event spot. So we'll get whatever they call that, that middle pay-per-view between the rumble and mania. And he'll have to defend his, his main event shot against Seth Rollins and maybe lose. Maybe he loses a set, then we have a, a triple threat kind of thing. Or maybe he, maybe like you said, maybe he doesn't doesn't actually recover, and yeah. you know he's back maybe the Raw after Mania. Yeah, I, I just which that that could actually be good. To me, if if Roman has both belts still, which mm-hmm. is a mistake in my opinion. Yep. Then. I don't see him lose, losing both um, at WrestleMania. One, I think he, he it would be okay for him to lose. See, that's the other thing. Like, he doesn't need both titles. Right. He could very easily lose one now and still yeah. not lose his, you know, his place. It it still concerns me and, and, and confuses me that they made the decision to unify the titles when you needed a reason for people to to believe in, in these titles. And even for, for... I think due to injury, Mayberry will have to wait. Yeah, that Roman is the man. You know, taking both of your titles from both shows and putting them on one guy is just a mistake. It doesn't, it doesn't highlight anybody. Nobody wins in that situation. Right. Yeah, I mean, especially if if nobody beats them. Yeah. It's not the damn thing for you. I mean, you've got to find a way to make, it, to make it matter. Yeah, I mean, Roman can still be Roman in the head of the table or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. with one type. And I think that would have played just fine. I mean, you, your brand split happened for a reason. You have a huge roster. You have to keep interest on both shows. You have two major networks, Fox and USA, that want their own spotlight show. So what's wrong with having Roman be the face of of Raw? Move the title over to Raw and have Roman be on Raw and then put the other on on SmackDown. It doesn't have to be only one guy can be on the top. Right. But, I mean, that's that's the age-old argument that we've had over and over and over again when it comes to to WWE because even then 
Wow. I've never seen KO do that. KO just did a, uh, he got it to the top rope like he was going for a splash, did like a springboard maneuver, and then did a moonsault, missed it, and did a somersault through. I've never seen KO do that, but that was pretty slick. But I don't feel like um, what we're seeing right now is maybe maybe you're right because I think we predicted it when Triple H first took over. You've got a limited clock. You've got six months to make a major turn, make something happen. And I give him credit. He's brought back people. I don't know that I would have brought back Braun Strowman, especially right now. I mean, you're already crowded when it comes to main event potential people. What what is Braun just going to continue to run through? Uh, the, the maximum male models every week until you decide to use them. That doesn't seem very effective usage of of a former heavyweight champion. Well, again, you know, based off of past mistakes, there's not really much more you can do with yeah. him. So he can he can run through the whole roster. Mm-hmm. Comes to Roman, he's not Roman. Right, right, because you've already shown that Roman will will survive against all odds. Roman Reigns will survive against Braun Strowman. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's that's why I want to give six months. I want to give Triple H the benefit of the doubt. I want to see how this plays out. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, again, we're, we're still not, um, making changes, right? right? You know, the ultimate problem with the WWE is, you know, just like any promotion, there's the bobbleheads. Easy to get the old ones back in the door, but then you generate new business. Mm-hmm. Now, Logan Paul new business, unfortunately. I mean, I could see why you would want to at least have him on your show, because certainly <laughs> some of that 30 million could could tune into your program just to see Logan Paul's segment. Right. So maybe that pops a rating. But I don't think we live in a world where popping a rating matters anymore. I don't feel like we live in a world where the Nielsen ratings really tell the story for a company and their success. Now, I say that knowing that AEW and WWE have been, they've been seeing an increase in ratings, but I don't see it as something that, that truly defines if a company is going to stick around. I mean, hell, you can, you can create content and just stream on Fight TV. If you're, if you're yes, selling tickets you... and you're selling merch, do you need that TV deal? Yes. So your online right. is only going to get you so far, right? Oh, okay. So I have a let's say I have to I have a payroll of six million dollars, right? No TV deal, and I'm able to generate. $500,000 through social media. Mm-hmm. How long can I pay my payroll? Not very long. Not long, right. So the TV deal is paramount, right? 
And there's been talk about, because I don't know, I haven't heard about the WWE's TV contracts coming up, mm -hmm. right? So, uh, you know, we can discuss AEWs because it's out there. Right, right. We know that right? uh, 24 seems to be the magic number. Yes, but there's also talk that it's looking really good for them to get a better deal. Yeah. Better deal means more operating cash. Well, operating cash means I can do bigger and better things. Mm -hmm. I can pay somebody like Moxley to make sure he doesn't go back to the WWE. I can pay somebody like MJF to make sure he doesn't go to the WWE. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's all about, it's about the revenue. And one way that they pay attention to revenue is simply by the TV rates. And if, you, if you're not generating, you know, enough on TV, ratings-wise, then you're, you're going to lose out. Not to say they'll kick you off, but you're going to lose out of capital. Yeah. And that's where ratings are, like, super important. Where do you think uh, AEW stands when it comes to that? So right now, ratings-wise, AEW has been at a solid million for, as far as the average itself, they've been at a solid million for about the last quarter. And they've seen increase, which is interesting, without the Elite on television, without CM Punk on television. I'd say without a steal, but he'd probably bite me, and I don't want that to happen. So we've seen a pretty solid uh, ratings move without some of what a lot of people consider to be the main players. So I don't – so outside of Kenny, mm -hmm. all right, to me, Kenny and Punk are main players, right? Okay. The elite, not so much. None of the rest of them are – I mean, you generally don't see them outside of dark. Right. Um, but, you know, again, Kenny's been gone. Mm -hmm. Right? CM Punk falls into a niche audience. I hate to say it, but it's true. Because there's a portion of AEW's audience that has no clue who he is. Until now. Mm -hmm. Right? They, they, they hear about the pipe bomb. But they're not going to go look it up. They have no clue to, you know, what it was about. They have no clue about, you know, what his career was before he came back. Mm -hmm. And while on paper, those two, again, I, you know, the Young Bucks, are they important? Sure. But, you know, they're, they're not used like they're important, if that makes sense. But Kenny and Punk, on paper, like you would, you would think there'd be a dip with them being gone. Mm -hmm. But they hit one point seven five last week, according to Tony Khan. Yeah. And this week, with the Grand Slam two coming up, they're looking at a potential one million dollar box office. That's without yeah, Punk, and, that's and without I, the Elite, without Kenny, without the Bucks. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not saying that if if AEW doesn't have the Bucks, they don't they don't have success because I think that no one person controls the the destiny of a company. 
but it is interesting to see because I agree with you. I would have thought that without having Kenny, for example, because Kenny to me is a ratings draw. Um, and I think CM Punk does bring a certain a certain element. I think the Bucks, when they're used right, I, I think you made a good point there. When they're used right, they're a good draw. Um, but I don't know that like me as a wrestling fan, I don't I don't turn on Dynamite just for the Bucks. Hell, I'm more vested in the uh, Blackpool Combat Club right now than anything else. So if the Bucks right. are there, all right, cool. If they're not, all right, fine. <laughs> like if I could watch FTR instead of the Bucks, I'm watching FTR. You know what I mean? If I have to make a choice, um, right. And, and again, that's that's probably the same for the average AEW fan, mm-hmm. right? You know, again. And I'm not saying that I need to see the Bucks every week. And you know, I'm a fan. I've been, I've been, you know, talking them up for God knows how many years, right? Uh, and I don't need to see them every week. But it seems like now I, I would have been interested to see how the six man went because that would have given them a reason to be on TV every week. But. Up into this, up into that point, there, there, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. Like they're on TV, but a lot of times, what they have going on, there's nothing really to it. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, get me wrong. They, they do still put on the five star matches and stuff like that, but. There's really only been a few times for me that it was must-see TV with the Bucks. Yeah. And I have no clue why or what reason that, I mean, when, you know, FTR didn't get another shot at them. And. Do you think there's any, you know, I, do you think I, there's any truth behind the Bucks avoiding FTR? Uh, with, with everything that's going on the past few weeks. Yeah. I uh, yeah. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So l- l- to and that's my to bring fans up to speed. There's a rumor that's been going around that basically once FTR started to take off, the Bucks started trying to position themselves to avoid having to put over FTR, even though at the time when the rumor came out. I was one of the first people saying that, come on, that doesn't make any damn sense. The Bucks have put over literally everybody that they've had to put over. They've not seemed like they didn't want to, but we go to the media scrum where Punk is like, we got EVPs that couldn't manage a target. Still probably one of the best sound bites out of that whole thing. Well, there's a lot of them, but that was a pretty good one. Um, and then we find out that there's a fight backstage and here we are. But I don't know. I mean, it, I never really looked at the Bucks as political players like that. Uh, but neither did I. But uh, how many how many Saturdays ago or Sundays ago? That should have told you everything you needed, right yeah. there. Right. This is it's it, again. It's a classic classic example of why wrestlers should not be given so much power. Yeah. Right, because and again, I mean, you would think, based off of 
what the two matches we've had already with FTR and the Bucks. That not only is it money, but there's the potential for it to be one amazing tag team match. Yeah. Honestly, I was surprised that they didn't dive deeper into that as far as the feud was concerned. I mean, literally the two best tag teams in the world, and you wouldn't create this scenario where, frankly, when FTR versus the Briscoes 1 happened, I'd have had the Bucks attack FTR and lead that immediately into another match. And then have them do FTR right. versus the Briscoes too, and then like, again lead it into another. You have so much money to make with these four people. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just it. And if you look at, to me, if you look at like who the Bucks face mm-hmm. now, who they've been facing for a while, it's kind of like. They're pals more than anything else. Yeah. You know, it's almost like they're shying away from certain tag teams. And again, why why would I even want to if, if if my ego is such that uh, how do I put this? If my ego is such that I I can't take the hit to it, why then would I even want to touch FTR? The most, the, the, I mean, they are like supernova right now. I don't know if I really would want to climb in the ring with them. Mm-hmm. I think I would avoid them at all, at all costs. And to me, that's what it looks like they did. I mean, it, and again. It, I mean, has been there for months. That's the thing. Actually, probably with, with with how the Bucks are, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, right this moment, if they come back from their suspension, let's say they're back maybe next week. Granted, I don't think they're going to be back anytime soon. I think Tony Khan is wanting to see this see this to its fruition. I think he made the right call. You know, you can't have people running around and causing this kind of disarray especially when you're coming up on renegotiation time for your tv deal um it's interesting because the the amount of heat that they have on them right now i never would have thought if you'd asked me last year we'll put it that way if you'd asked me last year especially right after all out if the bucks would be the ones the bucks and kenny omega and cm punk would be the ones with with this I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market kind of nuclear heat on them right now i would have i would have laughed my head off i wouldn't have bought it i wouldn't have believed you because it just wouldn't have made any damn sense and here we are a year later <laughs> and cm punk has yet again dropped a dropped a pipe bomb that uh you know hey they want it could very well be a, a very elaborate um elaborate work i don't think it is now, if they're smart enough to get everybody on the same page and turn it into one, I'd love to see it because it I do, it would make for good TV. But I I don't know. I wonder if there's even an, enough people out there that would want to do that. I don't think that the Bucks. And it's weird to say it because I never, like I said, I never thought of them as political type guys. I don't think the Bucks want anything to do with it. I think they're probably more inclined to stay home. Well, so I, I'll put it to you like this, right? And there's been talk, many interviews throughout the throughout the years, right, where they discuss like real life heat, right? So real life issues, and the and the uh, wrestlers were able to tuck it away, put it aside, and go out there and just draw more money than the two had ever seen before. And there being a deep-seated passion, right? Michaels and Brett is probably a prime example, right? Both of them did what they were supposed to do, tucked the hatred away, mm-hmm. went out there and probably drew more money at that time than either one of them had ever seen. Yeah. I mean, and they... Because they were... Yeah, and and they did it. They did it right. I mean, they let the the stuff be what it was. But when it came to even Montreal, you know, say what you want about Montreal, and a lot of people have a lot of mixed opinions about it. But even in Montreal, they were both cognizant enough to not literally try to beat beat the shit out of each other, like not right. not to not to do business, so to speak. Right. And if the Bucks come back and Kenny comes back, and they're not smart enough to see the potential here. Mm-hmm. Same thing with CM Punk. And he comes and I think CM Punk is smart enough to see the potential. Yeah. But if the other ones don't see the potential in a major feud with between Punk and say FTR versus the Elite. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking like six month feud where you're just going at it every time you see each other. Like you're interrupting TV shows, you're going off the air. Oh my God, we got to go, and somebody's bleeding. Right, and, right. I mean, you're just. Right, right. I mean, the whole nine yards. If, if and if if Tony especially is not smart enough to capitalize on this, none of them have a, have any business being in pro wrestling. You know, I, I felt really bad for Tony Khan. I watched that media scrum a few times. The whole time. He's sitting there while Punk is just, like I said, setting ablaze the locker room. Just 
just burning it down. And Punk knows at this point that he's got an injury. So I felt like, you know, at the time I didn't know that he had the injury when he, when it happened. But then after the fact, I watched it again and you can tell he, he's like, I, I know I'm hurt and I may not be back. So I'm going to make sure that my words get out there and people hear everything I have to say. So when it came to him addressing Colt Cabana, who, oh, by the way, you know, up until last week, hadn't said a damn thing. Now suddenly he's kind of vocal. I don't know if you've seen some of the comments he's made, but he's been half answering what's been going on. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently uh, there was a, there was a, a figure in the works, an AEW figure that got buried. Um, there was uh, merchandise that was planned other than that, that got buried. And, uh, he says he's still working for AEW. He still has AEW on his paychecks, but, uh, he also commented about his uh, brother um, also sharing the bank account with his mom. So quietly, these things are starting to hint back up. But getting back to the scrum. Yeah, but oh, no, no, go ahead. Oh, I was. I don't think. I mean, there are plenty of prototype figures that pop up mm-hmm. that never get released. So just because, oh, I had a figure and it didn't get released, I don't think it has anything to do with this. Um, I don't think, you know, because, again, he had already transitioned to ROH. Yeah. Well before this even took place, even before uh, Paige opened his little claptrap. So it was, I mean, like, he was... Um, he was already in ROH by this time. So him, it wasn't, I don't think it was a demotion. I don't know. I don't think it had really anything to do with Punk. I need a name to go to ROH. Colt fits ROH better than he does AEW. Why not send him? I would have sent, you know, if they had an actual program, you probably would have seen a quarter of the roster go to ROH. Well, and I can also see, I can see the merit in having Cabana for a ring of honor to, to help with the locker room, to help with broadcasting. I mean, you got Ian Riccoboni, you've got Caprice Coleman and Colt Cabana. That's your team. That's your broadcast team. So it makes sense as you're getting yourself ready for a television deal. Absolutely. You've got to have the right people, the right pieces in place. And I don't necessarily have trouble believing that, um, that CM Punk may have even told, Tony Khan, hey, listen, I, as long as I don't have to work with him, I'm fine. That could mean a whole well, number of things. For... It's not like they can't be in the same building. I mean, what, CM Punk going to run out there with a with a bat and just beat Cole Cabana to death? Hell no. He, he wouldn't have gone through what he did just to get to where he's at if he was going to cost himself that by, you know, doing something stupid. And I don't think Cole Cabana would do it either. I think both of them are intelligent adults. All right. Well, again, they've been in the same place. Yeah. For what a year. Well, in 2018, when the the lawsuit between Punk and Cabana and and uh, WWE's Dr. Amen, when that got settled, Punk was on record calling Colt Cabana his friend still. So, I mean, there's a lot of uh, I don't know, a lot of speculation there, but I I just don't see either guy willing to cost themselves their futures so to speak because of you know whatever falling out they had when it came to money 
Right. Yeah, it's just, I mean, the two of them had coexisted. Yeah. So I don't see why they wouldn't have coexisted longer. Now, you, you mentioned earlier, you mentioned earlier about uh, Adam Page and what he said about the advice thing. Now, what we've seen and what we've learned over the course of time with not just as fans, but also with our experience working with like UCW, you know, the advice of those that are veterans in the industry is huge. And it is the opportunity to sit down and to learn when you can do that. So when Adam Page does his uh, interview with Chris Van Vliet and says, uh, you know, I don't really take advice. You know, I want to be what I am and I want to do what I do. Initially, when I first heard that, I thought that maybe he was because, you know, how when he does his interviews, he does them half joking. You know what I mean? Like just trying to make somebody laugh. Do you think this is a situation where that's what he was trying to do and thought he was funny and it blew up in his face? Or do you think he really believes that he shouldn't have to take advice from anyone? Probably a little of both, maybe. Um. You know, again, you have to, you have to almost question, like how, or what he was. I mean, he came from New Japan, yep. right? He was over at New Japan, which is a completely different world. Mm-hmm. And you have to wonder if he would even said that if he was being interviewed while still part-time in new Japan, it would have been not good if he had done, they they would have fired him. That's the kind of thing that could have cost him his position. Well, I don't, I don't think they would have fired him. I mean, it's just like we talked in the chat. If he had said that in front of Harley race, what would Harley have done? Beat the shit out of him. What would Stan Hansen have done? The Undertaker, Bruiser Brody. Yes. You know, what do you think would happen if he had said that in front of Minora? Mm-hmm. Or Okada? Or uh, Nakamura? Yeah, or Okada. <laughs> I mean, he literally would have probably got the brakes beat off of him. Mm-hmm. Especially the more old school guys. Yeah. And he never would have, he never, his like star would have just plummeted out the sky. It really Now again, who said it? It really did. Yeah, because but the in the in the same breath though, you almost have to wonder, like how much in the locker room, what the so-called leaders do. Like now we know there's leaders, but in the past, you didn't really know. No, you know, um. You figure Jericho, mm-hmm. but now, you know, you've got Daniel Bryan. Oh, my God. Brian Danielson. Uh, 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 that's a beer. Where, where is it? <laughs> you owe the audience a beer. Good luck I mean, paying for that. <laughs> you got Mox giving us pep talks on live TV. Yeah. You know, you got, to me, it's almost like this incident has solidified. Yeah. Like, it was almost yeah. like, hey, 
come to AEW, we got this carefree, laid back attitude. And you got people that are not used to that at all. Mm-hmm. Who like Jericho's been in wrestling for was he like fifty now? <laughs> so 30, 30 plus years. The bionic belly. Been all do what? Bionic belly. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? He he's quite possibly the greatest of all times. And not title wins, mm-hmm. but he's right up there with Ric Flair. Like if this guy gives you advice, best thing to do is shut up and listen to it. But, you know, again, you don't know the atmosphere of that locker room prior to two point, Pipe Bomb 2.0. And now you, maybe you have, you know, the Moxes and the, the Danielsons and the Jericho. Like, look, we got a good effing thing, mm-hmm. you know, going on right now. Y'all little nitwits are not going to ruin this for us. Because we're about to go big time. Yeah. You know, we're about to make y'all so much money that you 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 have no earthly clue the amount of money we're, we're possibly going to make, and we're not going to let y'all f it up anymore. Y'all, your little childish games and antics are no longer allowed. You know what I'm saying? Y'all were EVPs. Y'all were supposed to act a certain way. Well, y'all, you know, y'all are little kids. You know, and maybe a lot of it has to do with where where they come from. Yeah. The Bucks, you know, Adam Page, Kenny Omega. You know, I would have thought Kenny would have been better at this. And I mean, at least he tried to save the dog. <laughs> what did he get for his troubles, though? A big old dog or a bite from Ace Steel on the arm. Did you see that bruise? I, but to, yeah, to me, though, Kenny should have been the one to be like, look, let's not let's not approach this now. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and again, I it's kind of odd that he went after the dog. So maybe he was just, you know, the Bucks were like, yeah, let's go talk to him. Let's go talk to him. Maybe he was up the hall and be like, look, fellas, let's let's cooler heads prevail or something. You know what I'm saying? And then, yeah. Oh, there, let's get the dog and then Ace bites him. The whole thing goes south. Ace Pentagon. I all every time I, I I hear this story, every time I read it, I I just all I can think of is the is uh, Ron Burgundy, where they're all sitting in the in the uh, back room. He's like that escalated quickly. <laughs> Tony Khan sitting there with but you, you know, know with his head on his hands on his hips, like what the hell am I gonna do now? Yeah, but maybe maybe that was Kenny's. Maybe Kenny was the voice of reason a little bit. Yeah, you know maybe. Maybe Nick Jackson was the voice reason. I don't think it was Matt because I think Matt was the one that was just like running, you know, yeah, stampeding up the hallway. He was in La La Land. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? These guys have never been like, I, you know, if you've never participated in WrestleMania, there's absolutely no way I could verbally explain that to you you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. but like now the 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 true the locker room leaders that they got you still there yeah oh okay but now you know like the leaders that are emerging out of this they've been to wrestlemania uh you know haven't they all headlined to wrestlemania haven't they all mm-hmm. you know for for, you know, I I hate to say it, but, you know, the WWE being what it is, is still the greatest spectacle 
as far as sports entertainment or pro wrestling on the planet. Mm -hmm. And if you've never experienced that, you have no clue until somebody like, you know, Mox or, or Jericho or Danielson be like, no, no, y'all aren't fucking this up for me. Right. That, that's why I think Cody left. I think Cody saw what they were doing. It was like, yeah, no, I need to be in more control over my own destiny. And I also think he was he was smart enough to say, you know what? I, I don't want to be an executive. I want to be a star. <laughs> well, you say that because of the AEW in you. How dare he turn his back on AEW? <laughs> but I mean, it's it's interesting because all of these things that have been happening behind the scenes, and, and we, I think you and I both have said, you know, give AEW a break. You know, Tony Khan's doing what he can. They're three years in, but you have a, a media scrum like that, and, and I think you're the one that said it first. How do you not pull the plug on that media scrum? All right, yeah, clearly you're in a pissy mood. You got to go. Click. <laughs> Sorry, guys, no more questions. You know what I mean? Like, how do you not do that? Because you just had this great pay-per-view. You've got all this buzz. Nope, Punk's just going to bury your company. Yeah, but he did bury the company. He said nothing about AEW. I still... He talked about... I what? still feel bad for Nick Houseman of Wrestling Inc. He's just standing there, getting ready to ask a question. And Punk's like, hey, wait a second. And all of a sudden, boom. You're like, what? <laughs> He's just standing there the whole time. Like, um, can I sit down now? <laughs> so there are, just, there are just so many questions. Yeah, yeah, there really are. Like, what? Somebody should should go to the to the uh, odds makers at Vegas and say, what would the odds be that after this main event, after this match at, at this pay-per-view, that CM Punk is going to go to the back and the very first person he talks to was a guy that was in business with the individual he's about right, to right. go off. Right, right. Yeah. Like, what, what are the odds? I think he saw the guy and, and see it what just happened to set him off. No, because the guy was like, I haven't talked to him in yeah. years. Like, I, ha I have nothing to do with Colt anymore. I haven't talked to him in years. And he almost alludes to the fact that they had a falling out. Yeah, he kind of does. He, we don't see eye to eye. So, like, now you've got yeah. a, a person in your corner, and Punk's is like, a green light, here we go. Yeah, and, and again, why? <laughs> It, it there's just things that make no sense. And again, maybe it's the whole, maybe it's whatever AEW has like right now. Like you just can't figure them yeah. out. Well, they are, they are and I'm not, an enigma. I mean, they don't do business in the traditional sense. They don't, they are very but different. Nothing about it. Makes sense. Nothing. It makes yeah. sense. I mean, literally nothing. And again, I'm not saying this is a work or it's not a work. I think at the end of it, everybody should just go do business, and we you will quite possibly see AEW jump again in ratings. Yeah, yeah. If done correctly, right? And that ultimately, that's what you want. But, like, how does that happen? I mean, that's like me doing an interview, and you're the first person I come to, and we have a discussion. Oh, 
you cover the Panthers. Oh, no, I don't cover the Panthers. I, I cover Washington now. You know, I haven't covered the Panthers in six months. Oh, well, you know, goddamn fuck Ron Rivera when he was a Panthers coach. He said to, you know, look what he did to, oh, what's his name? And, uh, and you're just like, but I just told you I don't cover the Panthers. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's just standing there in that awkward moment, you know, your, your friends all watching you like, stop, please, please stop. Like, I, watching Tony Khan's face as, as his – and you get the feeling that Tony Khan maybe um, idolized CM Punk as a young fan. Because you're watching him, like, no, literally, you're he... watching his heart break while Punk is doing no, this. I don't, I don't, I don't see it as Tony Khan's heartbreaking. I, like, literally see it as Tony is smart enough to be like, oh, I'm just going to let him go. At the end of the day, if Colt is the only one that takes offense to this and wants his release, mm-hmm. I will give Colt command of his release. Right? right. And I think Tony Khan was smart enough to know what Adam Page did. Right? Because I would imagine it wasn't just CM Punk probably being like, oh, Tony, you, you can't let that happen no more. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because think about it. After it happens, Paige kind of disappears. Yeah, Paige leaves the building. Like, He's like, yeah, I'm gone. Well, no, no. What I'm, no, no. What I'm saying is after he says that to Punk in the ring, mm-hmm. right, he kind of disappears. Oh, you're talking about in the promo. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, in, in the promo about the whole cult thing. Mm-hmm. And then, again, the other interview. He, his, to me, he gets relegated back down the card. Mm-hmm. Now, I know ultimately it's to set up the six-man, but again, he kind of disappears. Yeah. Because yeah. he really doesn't come into play until the Dark Order wins and advances to the finals. And, oh, by the way, Uno is hurt and Ten is hurt, and now we need Adam Page to come in. Mm-hmm. But for the whole month or something, he kind of disappears. So it's quite possible that somewhere along the way, Paige was like, no, no, bud. You're going to learn a lesson off of this one. And you're just not getting in the ring. And you can cut whatever, you know, whatever, you know, whatever being the elite promo you want. But you're going to sit a month out. Well, and being the elite now is on hiatus as well. Also, the Young Bucks updated their Twitter profile that said suspended AF. Oh, good for them. See, maybe they are smart enough to know when we come back, we have to do business. I mean, I, I would hope so. I think that they are yeah, in the moment. Yeah, it's it's a mess. You go back there. You know what? I'm going to tell CM Punk that he can't talk to me like that. Blah, blah, blah. You go back there. This whole thing happens. Somebody gets bit. Somebody throws a chair. I mean... Everything goes crazy. Now you're stuck. You got. You have no choice. Literally, you're just like, well, okay. What are you going to do? I mean, you, you got to try to do something. You can't just – you got to walk away from millions of dollars? No. Come on. Well, listen. So if, if, if it's Kenny Omega, right? If it's Kenny Omega, Kenny keep, needs to say the course, right? He needs to stick with what he's doing, the little the – little, um, interviews and stuff for the video game 
needs to toe the line and do what's right. If it's the Bucks, I am not stopping being the elite. Like we are doing dream sequences of where we're skipping through the hallway and Punk kinda, yeah, you know, <laughs> bumps into me, and then next thing you know, there's this big melee or. Oh, I'm going to deliver tea and crumpets, and he kicks open the door, right. and you know what I'm Play saying? Play the evil music in the background and everything. Uh, I could see that, honestly. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I understand it's probably going to get you in trouble. Maybe Tony Khan shut him down. Who knows? Yeah. But um, the I mean, if I'm the Bucks, that's what I do. Well, that's what kind of shocks me about how things was was laid out. I mean, I expected the there to be some kind of action taken, but I guess when I thought about it, I, I thought, you know, well, they just got the trio's titles. They just got all these things done. I didn't really see him doing a suspension. I'm not sure what I thought he was going to do, but I didn't expect him to do a suspension. Uh, I think, I mean, I think it's a smart move. You, ha- you have to do something. But I also think for the Bucks and Omega, there has to be a demotion. Yeah. And even Paige. If Paige, if, if Paige is the EVP, he's got to be demoted. Too. Yeah. And something tells me he is because I think Jericho alluded to the fact he was an EVP. And I could be wrong about that. But there was an interview where I think he kind of alluded to him being one also. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, that's what I do. Okay, you can come back, but you're not you're not EVP no mm-hmm. more. And now you have to go out there and you're going to wrestle whoever I tell you to wrestle, whenever I tell you to wrestle, and however I tell you to wrestle. Because I, I'm sure as an EVP, they probably had some type of, uh, you know, refusal <laughs> type thing, you know? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not wrestling FTR. No, no. I mean that that still floors me. I mean, I don't. I you hear lately, and I don't know if you've noticed, but I've tried my hardest to not dive, but so deep into the rumors, because there's a lot of crazy ones out there. But I didn't buy it. I just didn't see how the Bucks would do that because they had put over so many different teams. But then after all of this, it's like, well, no, maybe the Bucks really are. <laughs> Maybe. because like they when you think about how they got to all in right the new japan and everything they did for themselves i honestly thought that they had a, a pretty good amount of business sense i felt like they really had a solid understanding as to how to make this work and and hey it yeah, still but- remains to be seen we could all be getting snowballed and not realize it but sure. but the business sense the bucks have mm-hmm. is how to put themselves over You see what I'm saying? Like it's, it's about putting themselves over. It's about, it was about putting Omega over. It was about, uh, uh, the bullet club over. It was never anybody else. Mm -hmm. That's true. It was them. And yeah, you know what I'm saying? They, they didn't put over, uh, Okada. Mm -hmm. No, no, it was no, no, it was Bullet Club, and don't get me wrong, them and Cody and 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 Kenny for what they did with getting the the, you know, the pops, mm-hmm. right? Who would have thunk that? 
right? They they got the T-shirts in Hot Topic. Who would have thought that? I mean, they had their own T-shirt production company, you know, out of their homes. Mm-hmm. And apparently it was doing quite well. But again, that was to put them over. And maybe there's a little bit of selfishness, you know, and 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 they just they can't see the big picture yet. Hopefully this all turns into something where we can look back and go, wow, remember that time, much like Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels got into it in the locker room. Remember that time somebody bit Kenny Omega? You know what I mean? Like, I, I hope that this does come into a situation where we're able to look at it and and truly look at it and go, wow, this really led into a a magical time for AEW. Because I will say this, AEW has seen consistent ratings since it happened, which you kind of figured it would. I, I expected it. Actually, I expected the ratings to be a little higher the Wednesday after All Out because of what happened. But they're they're consistent. And I think that that is actually a bigger success than they get credit for right now. I think what has to happen going forward as we head into Grand Slam, um, there's got to be specific attention to how the world title gets handled and how this layout is done. I feel like you almost have to have MJF as champion by the end of the night. Mm. On this one, God, it, I, I mean, again, this this federation is all about pulling shenanigans <laughs> when you least expect shenanigans, right? Right. Um, I don't know if that would be a smart thing, though, to have Danielson hopefully win because to me that would be the smart play i agree and have mjf come out and just like ruin his his yeah break his his heart night yeah like like almost like SummerSlam 2013 have him win the title have everybody be like danielson finally did it you know because i think they've been building towards that since his his match with omega so you get that and then you have mjf quote unquote cash in I don't know if they actually would try that because I feel like Tony Khan would not want to be that similar to a WWE kind of delivery. But I mean, to me, it just makes good sense, especially with MJF wanting to stay the heel. Yeah. But, but even if they, even if they did this, Mm -hmm. right. I don't, you, there's, you cannot compare the two companies. Even when they have, even when they do similar things, yeah. there's yeah. normally some difference to mm-hmm. it, right? Let's look at the fact that, you know, very few, D, you know, dusty finishes or, you know, DQ finishes and, yes. you know, crazy yeah. oddball. There's very few of them, right? So when it happens, it's kind of like, ooh, well, that's, that's crazy. You know, your, your multi-man matches are handled differently. Um, again, the, the littlest thing that doesn't appear to be anything turns into this crazy shocker. You know, for all we know, CM Punk got hurt and the Bucks and Omega were 
taking time off and they concocted this fucking story about right you know whatever just to be like no no y'all y'all go do your thing now but play it up like you've been fucking suspended well and that's the thing like they really could be doing that and i know that there's a lot of uh, members of the media right now that are saying hey look it's it's not a work it's not a work but the real truth is AEW has done amazing work at keeping us in suspense they really have many many times it's not like they've never done it. It's not like we look at Tony Khan and go, uh, he doesn't know how to do that. No, he knows, and he's done it to us so many times. So you kind of have to sit there and go, hmm, maybe. I mean, Punk tore his tricep. That's a serious injury. That's eight months. So how do you turn this into, okay, how can we turn, you know, lemons into lemonade here? Good standard from chicken shit. How do you do it? Well, okay. We got to have something that's sustainable. Hey, Punk, you think you got another pipe bomb in you? Well, sure. Why not? And it wouldn't surprise mm. me. It's not out of the realm of possibility that he probably went cold and said, um, I'm going to say some shit, but it's not about you. And then just proceeds to go nuclear with it. That's really not that far out of the realm of possibility. No, I mean it's it to me it's a crazy situation. The whole event is crazy. Makes no sense. Eight bit a guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. He bit the he bit the one guy in the room that was trying to do the right thing. That's what cracks me up. Like here's this all these angry people. Fuck you, punk. No, fuck you, punk. No, no. Somebody save the dog. What? Yeah, save the dog. <laughs> <laughs> save the poor puppy. And he's the one who gets bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and what the fuck was Cutler and Daniels doing? Yeah. Sorry, I don't mean hey, the guys. <laughs> what were doing? He's spraying that. <laughs> Break it up. Like, I, I can't imagine. Nakazawa, what's he doing? Wait, he's, he's just hanging out. Hey, guys, what's up? Hanging in the locker room. He's just tagging along with Tim. <laughs> Now, Did he oil up first? <laughs> he used to, or <laughs> was Don Callis back there doing commentary? Oh yeah, I mean, you would at least think Don would have been smart enough to be like Kenny. Uh, no, 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 yeah, bud. Right. <laughs> let's, let's go. <laughs> yeah. let, we'll let them fight this one out, Kenny. <laughs> you, Kenny's at the door. Don's getting pulled away. Kenny's like. The dog, no! <laughs> Someone saved the wee puppy! <laughs> I, I, I feel for him the most in this situation because I can believe that Kenny Omega is the nice guy to be like, look, I don't like you, punk, but I'm going to save your dog. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I could see him literally doing it. And then as he walks back, because now he's giving the dog to somebody, suddenly he gets bit because Ace Steel was pissed off. <laughs> Damn it, Ace. And you see, that's that's the other crazy thing, right? You have grounds to fire so many people. Yeah. And you haven't fired a damn one. <laughs> there is still talk that Punk and Ace Steel could be fired when Punk is when Punk is over his injury. Uh, currently, Punk is under contract, and there is uh, there's actually some speculation that his contract is structured in such a way that he's actually an employee of the company. So while he's hurt... He can't be released. 
Which, uh, so if he would be an employee of the company, mm-hmm. would he not fall on the workman's comp? Yes, that is where a lot of this legal stuff is coming from. And supposedly, I, I don't know how true it is, but supposedly as part of this, um, the legal rep, uh, I don't remember her name, for AEW's vice president of legal, just happened to be at the venue when this all happened. So it it goes without saying that I guess some of that is uh you cut out there bud it's a little weird I just feel like the, in this situation yeah, when there there's a lot to be discovered still although we'll probably never get like a Warren report <laughs> right well that's what we need we need to we need to get in investigative journalist in there to get the whole truth because even though you can't fire punk you could fire ace yeah. you, you you see what i'm saying mm-hmm. like i mean I, I would think if anybody gets fired it's him because lord kenny was only trying to save a dog that's it yeah he was trying to save a dog and Ace just went crazy and bit him. Ace went rabid. <laughs> <laughs> if if this was, I mean, I don't know. Not to be a work, we better get the the pit bull, the mad dog Ace steal in the ring. <laughs> I just, I, I don't know if any of them are going to get fired. Honestly, I mean, if if that's where we stand right now, if this is you know, a hundred percent, not a work kind of thing, then I, I would expect that there would be releases. I would expect that punk and H steel would be fired. Um, so why, why would punk be fired if he's in his locker room and they come kicking the door in? Well, I don't know if you've read their account of it, where they were innocently walking to go talk to punk. (laughs) I do love, that, yeah. that vision of the story. Here we were, just innocent Christian boys, just walking to the locker room to discuss this with him peacefully. And, suddenly... See, and this is why being the, <laughs> this is why being the elite still needs to be on the air. Yes, this is that's what I would yeah. I would have made a skit out of that, and the skit would you would have had like a million plus views off of. Yeah, it. yeah. Suddenly, this evil, evil man accosted us. <laughs> I mean, that's as we walked down the hallway, Punk turned and he put his hand to his nose <laughs> and he waved at it. And then a steel ran in and bit me. me. <laughs> he cannot have none of that. We are the young bucks, damn it. We are Christian AF. <laughs> it would have played out so well. It really would have. Yeah, I mean, it's just this whole thing makes no sense. But again, what of this is Punk's fault? Outside, you take away. All right, so outside of the 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 tirade, the the whatever. What part of this? Like they have an investigator, don't they? Don't they have somebody looking? Well, and that's where that's where I would say that what I was alluding to when I said there's no Warren report. They had an outside third party come in to investigate this. If it's true, if it turns out that it's true that Punk started throwing punches first, 
would be where I would say, yeah, I, I would release him. If it's true. And again, that's a big if, because we may never find out what really happened. We may never find out sure. whether or not, you know, Punk threw the first punch or, you know, all we really know Listen. is that a steel bit a guy because everybody confirms that. <laughs> if, if the young bucks are true to form, I'm sure Brandon Cutler was in tow. Probably with the video. Yeah. yeah. Or an audio or something. But again, oh if the Young Bucks and Omega and Nakazawa and and Cutler and I don't know where Christopher Daniels comes into this. Maybe he was in there telling Punk you can't do that shit. Yeah. Whatever. If they come into the man's dress room, I really don't think Punk's just going to stand up and, and just start swinging on five dudes. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Like, here, here all these guys are walking to my locker room. I'm going to be like, um, plus I got a torn... I said, I'm not throwing any punches. Yeah. I'm like, get out. I'm hurt. I don't want to talk to you or fuck off or whatever. <laughs> and maybe, maybe it's Ace who just, I mean, just like, oh, fuck this. Yeah. Oh, it's <laughs> on, motherfucker. Oh, you're, trying to, <laughs> you're trying to take Punk's dog. <laughs> Throws the chair and knocks out one of them. Watch this shit. Look out for that Ace Steel. <laughs> He's got that crazy look in his eyes. <laughs> but I just don't. I don't see how, or the sense, if I'm punk, for them to come kicking him. And again, if Daniels is in the in the pile with them, yeah. not sure. Again, I have no clue where Daniels falls into this. I figure it's you kind know, of like a Patterson and Briscoe thing, where they're outside and they they see the Bucks running, so they say, "Hey, we need security right away." They try to break it up, and it's all of a sudden a big freaking mess. Yeah, but again, five guys walk into my dressing room. Look, man, I don't have time for this. Get the fuck out, uh, of especially here. with a torn tricep. I'm not messing with any of that. I'm not. I'm thinking about my my future. I'm thinking about I've got to have surgery. I'm thinking, you know, I'm in no condition to do this. And I mean, really, are the Bucks that kind of guy? Are they violent like that, where they're going to come in and try to start a fight? Somebody's got to put some logic yeah, but, to it. Well, that's what I'm, there's no, there's. Make it make sense, Brian. Make it make sense. I can't, I can't make it make sense to me, let alone somebody else. And again, here it is two weeks later, we're still talking about this. Well, and it's just so intriguing. It's just so much like, what is going on in professional wrestling? I mean, uh, to, to AEW's credit, what they've done here with the title and with the trio's titles, very good stuff. I mean, come on, we're going to get Mox and Danielson again for the title. That's huge. Um, when did we get it the first one? We got that before. Uh, it was on pay-per-view, wasn't it? Revolution? Yeah, I think it was Revolution. No, I don't know. Um, but, I mean, we get that. We get the trios titles, which is on what we would have expected, a legitimate trios faction like Death's Triangle. That's going to deliver some great matches. I want to see best friends against Death Triangle again. I want to see Orange Cassidy against Pac. And we're going to see that. You know, we're getting some really good wrestling. And so AEW, one of the things that has always been the, this is why I love AEW, is because it doesn't matter what's happening around and behind the scenes, their wrestling still stands out as the top wrestling in the industry right now. Like, that's why I love them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, again, they 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 do wrestling better than anybody yes. else. Yes. I don't yeah. know if they can do sports entertainment better, but they do wrestling better than. Anybody. Well, and I feel like with if we're giving them a fair shake, like if we're looking at all of the different moving parts, I feel like um, I give credit where it's due. I think Triple H made some good moves in his return. I think he's got some stuff that still needs work. Again, like we talked about it, I don't think Braun Strowman has any place on WWE. Uh, I hate to say it because he is a superstar, but he's just uh, not in today's realm, would be my thought. But I, I, again, still credit him because it's that move that has made a lot of excitement on there, and, and we'll see what happens next. But with AEW, even though, despite what happened during this scrum, their wrestling has still been top-notch and delivering. Storytelling-wise, to your point, when it comes to sports entertainment, I don't know that I don't know that Tony Khan understands a story outside of like a New Japan format because I think that's how he delivers it. I think that's how he books his stories. It's more of a New Japan feel. Mm, that's possible. ROH, New Japan. Yeah, thing. I mean, you, you, there are there's some dramatics. You know, there are some pieces of what WWE and other sports entertainment focused companies have done, but it's not a Crockett delivery. I know that much Crockett's delivery was very good at the drama. It just timed it in a sense where it made sense within the wrestling match or segment. Yeah. Yeah. So Crockett was, was a lot of, uh, edgier sports entertainment, yeah. if you yeah. will, than um, than the flamboyant, cartoonish, kitty mm-hmm. WWE. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think that's a very good assessment. I think when you looked at it, you always knew. Like for example, when you watched WWF, you had your cartoon characters, larger than life, Hulk Hogan, Hulkamania, right? And then with WCW, NWA, you had these are the guys you know that are going to deliver in the ring. Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, Sting, Nikita Koloff, the the Andersons, Tully and Arn, all of that. So the the thing that that Crockett was good at though was delivering the okay. So we've got everybody bought in on this match. They also understood how to make a promo, make it come together. Mm. I mean, and I think that that goes to Dusty's vision. I think that's that's all of, all of Dusty Rhodes' hard times promo and all of those things. He understood what it meant to, you know, to really make something hit home for the audience. Yeah, well, I mean, they they again they were they were edgier. They were more like. Um, they were they they were more like um, um, you know there was more of a realism yeah. to their stuff. Um, I mean, because we can always remember uh, when uh, Dusty came to save Flair in the ring mm-hmm. against the Russians, and then the Horsemen came and attacked. Um, you know, Dusty and yeah. broke his leg and. Damn, that damn near sent that Coliseum into a riot. Mm-hmm. And I don't recall, I, I, I could be wrong, any moment in the WWE 
during that same period where you would have gotten a riot? No, not back then. Except maybe for uh, when Jake Roberts DDT'd Hogan. I think that would have delivered that if they had put it. If that had happened like on a Saturday night's main event and they actually aired it. Could you imagine the reactions from fans? Yeah, but I mean, the WWE audience was, was different by then. Yeah. That's true. That's um, true. It was still a younger audience, too. Yeah, I mean, it was a younger audience, but I mean, I think the WWE had had gotten rid of the realism when they, you know, long about, you know, when Hogan comes back and beats the Iron Sheik. Mm-hmm. Um, where they just totally went in a different direction. And... Um, then uh you know that it just it changed their um it changed the audience yeah. and the audience you know wasn't into the realism as much anymore yeah and i think that's where it it started making such a large divide one of these days you know what i would like us to do one of these days i think we should do like a a couple of watch alongs one of maybe a clash of the champions and then one of maybe WrestleMania one or two and kind of compare and contrast with the delivery method. Because I think that's where if a lot of fans, especially the younger fans, if they were to do that and do it like a side by side comparison, you would really get an understanding as to the two different methods of story delivery. Um, maybe WrestleMania. But I, I, <clears throat> I might would go a little bit earlier before Clash. Um, I, I would go more because um, Clash had Sting. I would probably go more Dusty and Magna versus the Horsemen. So a little bit earlier on. Because to me, that, that was when they were pretty much at the height of um, what they were doing. I just think it's, that's the best way to, to, to compare and contrast the two, because like, for example, the first Starcade, you know, when flair beats Harley race, that's, that's a story in and of itself, but it's not the, it's not Hogan and, and macho man, for example, it's a different story. Well, obviously, but I mean, but the delivery of it and how they how they tell that story, how they describe the two different pieces. That's really what I'm getting at. Not necessarily because I think it speaks for itself that Flair and Harley was going to be different. Yeah, but uh, I mean, again, though, if you look at. All right. So we're, we're doing what? Starcade and. Uh, WrestleMania one. Yeah, if if we were to do that, I think the best time frame would that that actually makes best sense. So Starcade and WrestleMania, since it's their two flagship shows events. Yeah, but but again though, just look at uh, sorry, uh, just look at um, WrestleMania one. It was more pomp and circumstance. It was more um, colorful. It was more yeah. Like, you know, by then the, the cartoon guys had started to get um, established. You know, 
you had uh, who was on one? Uh, Piper. Who was it? Uh, Mr. T, Paul Orndorff, Cowboy Bob Orton, Hulk Hogan. Yeah, I mean, Piper was probably about your most, probably about more of your more hardcore guy Mm -hmm. on that show compared to everybody else. Hogan was playing to the crowd, you know, drawing in the kids and say your prayers and eat your vitamins, brother. Um, and then on the other side of the coin, you had storytelling, but it was more real, more in your face, more, um, trying to think, uh, Starcade one, who else was on Starcade one? Um, uh, was that the, uh, dog collar match? No. Yeah. Flair for the gold. That's, um, 1983. We're looking at Flair and, and Harley Race in the cage, Piper and Valentine in the dog collar match, Ricky Steamboat, Jake Youngblood oh, right. against the Briscoe brothers. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I mean, even that, even that, you know, there was more. It was more uh, realism put to it. Yeah. Um. If you look at the at, at comparing the two different cards, that, it really tells the story. King Kong Bundy versus Special Delivery Jones, for example. And then you look at, let's see, that was match number two. Starcade match number two was Kevin Sullivan and Mark Lewin versus Scott McGee and Johnny Weaver. Yeah, that was that was my man Johnny Weaver though. Don't don't be don't be bringing up Johnny Weaver and just you know you better put some respect on that name. If I hadn't read the card, I wouldn't have known who he was. But match three, WrestleMania, is Ricky Steamboat and Matt Bourne. Match three at Starcade is Abdullah the Butcher and Carlos Colon. Oof. I need to. I need to see if I have a Starcade. <laughs> yeah, we need to do a watch along. I think that's something yeah, we're going to yeah, plan yeah. on doing here soon. We're going to do a watch along of WrestleMania one, and we'll do a watch along of Starcade eighty three. Because if, they, if you really want to learn, if you're out there and you're listening to it, you're going, man, what are they talking about? What we're looking at here is how stories get delivered in pro wrestling. And then I think what another would, way to, would good way to do it would be to watch All In and talk about how it differs. <clears throat> we could do a three-part series on story delivery in pro wrestling. No, I say, I say we just stick to the two. I'm like, we might be all all watched pay per view watched out by then. Well, we're, and we're coming up on that time of year where there's like five pay per views a month kind of thing. So <laughs> you gotta you gotta you gotta pace yourself. Um, so God, I'm trying to see. Apparently, we must be running out of like storage space on Podbean because it's telling me here that we've got just under three minutes. I don't, I. Podbean, you're you're freaking killing me, man. Listen, man, I said we go back. <laughs> this is I you know what? If if even if we just recorded it and just posted it later in the night, I'd be okay with that. I think we might end up going to something like that because yeah, I'm not that I don't like Podbean. It's nice and all, but you know, I don't have to be live to get our show done. I think I could survive. Um. So this week's Grand Slam 2, Brian, we're talking about uh, MJF possibly coming out. Do you think Grand Slam 2 ends with MJF winning the title? 
I guess if you're smart. And then you just have uh, Danielson chase MJF. Yep. You give him, you give him his his thirty seconds of fame, and then have him chase MJF. Uh, let's see here. We've got uh, the acclaimed versus Swerve in our glory for the tag team championship. Do they pull the trigger on the acclaimed? Swerve in our glory. No. No, I don't. Yeah, I think Swerve in our glory ends up going full heel. Yes. Which then, of course, gives you, you know, to me it's, um, to me it's better because you get, uh, you can have uh, FTR swerving their glory. You can still have a claim swerving their glory. You know, you got so many more, I think, great matchups compared to, oh, Keith Lee is, you know, Half a good guy, half a bad guy. Yeah, I think I think this is where we see Keith Lee go heel, and I can't wait to see that. I think that'll be good. I think it'll come off really well. Uh, all right, so we've got Orange Cassidy challenging Pack. Uh, Orange. I think it's time. I hope so. Even if it's a short run, give him a title. Let's let the fans enjoy it, soak it in. Where's he from, though? Orange Cassidy, where's he from? Uh, yeah. Orange Cassidy hometown. I don't know. I'm looking it up right now. Orange Cassidy is from wherever. Anyways, whatever. No, he's from Stewartsville, New Jersey. <laughs> okay, he's the East Coast guy. Then. Yeah, he can win it. Um, AEW interim, interim Women's World Championship. Tony Storm defending in a fatal four-way. Serena D with Athena and Britt Baker. I kind of feel like Athena might come out with the title. Either that or Deeb. That would be kind of cool. I'm not a big Deeb fan, but it would be unexpected. I'd be okay with that. Oh, I think she's earned it. She's probably one of the best ones they have. We got uh, Jericho and Claudio for the Ring of Honor title. Stop. Jericho. Really? Yep. Oh, wow. Uh, let's see if it'll let us sneak in with the Rampage card. Grand Slam Rampage. Uh, is it going to give me the freaking... Give me the card! Give me the card! Uh, here we go. Grand Slam. Damn card. Come on! <laughs> Kill me, Smalls. Uh, I know Eddie Kingston is scheduled to take on Sammy Guevara. That should be, I feel like Eddie Kingston comes out on top of that. I think that's, that's them giving them the payoff for what got avoided because of their little heat in the back about Sammy calling him fat before. Um, let's see here. TBS title Diamante challenges Jade Cargill. Why? Why? Why are we still doing this? Go away, Jade. Sorry. Oh, you got nobody else. For. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You booked yourself into a corner. Now nobody can win. Freaking sucks. No, 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 no. They're just 
You just got to get the right one. Sting and Darby <laughs> against Buddy Matthews and Brody King in an ODQ match. Um, you know. Can I can I go on a what's that? Can I go on a limb? Absolutely. And say that the teams that start this match are not going to be how they finish it. Interesting. So what what do you think? What's going to happen? One of them goes. Oh, House of Black. So House of Black gains a new member. Interesting. All right. I'm in for that. I would like it to be Sting. So would I. That would be awesome. I, 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 I mean, think about it. If Hogan, if Hogan can do what he did, yeah. right? Why can't Sting? Dude, I love it. I love that idea. I really love that idea. You put Garth Darby out for five, six months. You let the House of Black run wild. Get your little six-man titles. Get all crazy. Run people over. You know, help Julia Black, maybe. Or Julia Black. <laughs> Julia, Julia Hart. Hart. <laughs> nice. Maybe she beats Jade. Ooh. Okay. See, now you're, now you're speaking my language. Let's get the title off of Jade. <laughs> And then you find out in about five, six months, everything with Alistair or Malachi was to give him time off, but he never left AEW. And now you have four. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of interesting things. That Oh, before we go, there is a golden ticket battle royal. The winner gets a chance at the AEW world title to be named later. Adam Page is competing in that battle royal. Uh, I'm gonna put money on Miro if he's in it. I'm thinking Miro or maybe a newly newly cleared Adam Cole. Ooh, interesting. Interesting. Well, I mean, it's a good thing Adam Cole wasn't there. Yeah. Man, <laughs> can you imagine if he sees all that happening? He's just like, you know what? I could have stayed in NXT. <laughs> this shit's for the birds. <laughs> hey, don't bite me. <laughs> uh, that's going to do it for us for this week, folks. Uh, catch up with the show at C2C Radio Show on Twitter and Corner to Corner Wrestling on Facebook. Uh, the website is down for maintenance. It'll be back up later this week. But C2C Radio Show.com. And uh, hey. Catch up with Rob at Rob Hefner C2C on Twitter. Brian at Vlad Dragul C2C. I'm at Stan Grubb uh, literally everywhere. Uh, and the show is, of course, at C2C Radio Show. But thanks again for listening. We're back next week. And who knows? We might be talking about MJF's meteoric rise to the top. Or we could be talking about Sting in his new sinister role. Either way, we'll bring you the results. Have a great night, everybody.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 